You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. He was confident that He could overcome. And like I said, He was persecuted. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. How many of you have that on your refrigerator? Not many people claim in that verse. But that's what it says. All who suffer to live godly for Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Caleb was an overcomer. Caleb and Joshua stood up in faith when everyone else was cowering in fear. They believed that God could help Israel overcome any obstacle. As Pastor Dave reminds us in today's message, we can expect obstacles in this life. The fallen world will try to beat us down, but when we trust in God, we too will overcome. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 15 with part two of his message, The Lot of Judah. Caleb was filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, and he wholeheartedly followed God. He wholeheartedly followed God. And because he did that, Lord said, you're not going to die off in 40 years like everybody else, but you're going to go into your land, you and all your descendants, and you're going to inherit this land, Caleb. But God had determined that the tribal allotment for the tribe of Judah, it was a reward because of Caleb's faithfulness. We spoke about this last week. It was a reward for Caleb's faithfulness. God simply wants his people that have faith in his power. He wants people. What will he find when Jesus comes back to earth? What does the scripture say? I want to find what? Faith. I want to find faith. Will I find faith? And this is what God wants. Caleb was a man of great faith. We spoke about that last week. He was a man of great faith. And he was rewarded for his great faith. God's choice in the allotment for the tribe of Judah would play a significant role in the longevity that is shown by the Davidic dynasty. What is the Davidic dynasty? The dynasty that started with the King David. And the one that will last forever. Because one will always sit upon the throne of King David. And that one is Jesus Christ. Who descended from King David. And is part of the Davidic dynasty. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing here. The geography of Judah's allotment basically isolated the tribe. I mean, if you look at that, they're all the way down in here. They're basically isolated from the rest of the tribes that are all congealed up here. That was the only vulnerable region. The only vulnerable region was there and also to the north. The east was protected by the great sea The south and the west was also protected by geographical barriers. This is a wonderful place. This was a wonderful place for Judah to have. It was the prime land. But as you look back, now you can read through these names and, you know, you can go through them really fast. And and I thought about going through the next three chapters at at a good speed, but you know me, I have to take my time. But if you look at these things, I want to point out several things. I'm going to see, kind of like we'll have some Bible quizzes here to see how good students you are, Okay. Have some fun. It says, given the descriptions, it says, the border of Eden, 
And you can see Edom on your colored map. The wilderness of Zin. The wilderness of Zin. Does that strike a bell with anybody? The wilderness of Zin. Z-I-N. Does that strike a bell? What happened in the wilderness of Zin? What happened in there? Right. Mount Sinai. What else happened there? What else happened there? They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness of Zin. They wandered aimlessly for 40 years. But something tragically happened to Moses at that spot. Tragically happened in the wilderness of Zin in Numbers 20. What was it? He struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock. The second time. The second time. They were thirsty. And Moses had had it with them. Must I strike this rock again when God told him to speak to the rock? Of course, we're told in the New Testament that the rock was none other than Jesus Christ. He was struck once for us. But then to receive the living waters through the Holy Spirit, we must ask him, speak to him. You can see that analogy. So you can find that in Numbers 20. All right, as we move down this list, it mentions Kadesh Barnea. What is special about Kadesh Barnea? What is special about Kadesh Barnea? That's where the spies were sent out. The spies were sent out from Kadesh Barnea. That's where the rebellion took place when they came back. When they came back and the spies, Joshua and, and Caleb said, come on guys, we can go into the land. The Lord's giving us the land. And the other 10 spies says, no, we can't go. There are giants. And Israel rebelled against God. Israel rebelled against God. And that's basically when the scripture says, today if you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. As you did in that day. Right. The people rebelled against God and refused to enter the land. And God wanted to wipe them out. And Moses interceded. And he said, okay, you're all going to die in the wilderness. Not one of you will enter the promised land. And we read where Caleb was granted to enter the, Joshua, enter the promised land. And Joshua was uh, able to enter the promised land. In verse 7, we find something familiar. Something that we've already studied in Joshua. The Valley of Achor. The Valley of Achor. Anybody remember what the Valley of Achor was? The Valley of Trouble. Who was in trouble? man by the name of Achan because he sinned and took something from Jericho. And that is where he was stoned to death in the Valley of Achor, the time, day of trouble, day of trouble. Of course, you all recognize the word Gilgal. Gilgal is their camp. This is where they constantly return to as a camp. It was found in Judah. But in 18 verse 1, when we get to that chapter, they move. They take their camp from Gilgal to a place called Shiloh. And finally, there's a city that is a Jebusite city that's mentioned there. Its name is Jerusalem. We're going to talk about that a little more when we get to the end of the chapter. So as we move on now, as we move on, in verses 13 through 19, we once again see our buddy Caleb. Now, to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord of Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Anak was one of the giants. He was the kind of head of the giants. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, and there are their names. 
Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of Debir was Kerjef Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kerjef Sefer and takes it to him, I will give Asa, my daughter, as wife. So Othaniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And then Caleb gave Ashtas his daughter, as wife. Now it was so, when she came to him, which is her father, that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? And she answered, Give me a blessing, since you have given me land in the south. Give me also all springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Interesting. Here we see Caleb now. I have to tell you this. Does anybody know what Caleb's name means? Anybody find that out? Anybody go look about that? It means dog. It means dog. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. It means dog. So Caleb wasn't only a man of great deeds and bold deeds, driving out the children of Anak, but he's also a man who encouraged others and allowed others to do work of the ministry. And I love that. He says, he, he's done all this work. He took care of the three people from Anak. And he sees this other place that needs to be taken care of. Remember, the deal was, when they got their land allotment, they were supposed to then conquer the rest of the land. They were no longer going to conquer it as a whole. The two and a half tribes have gone back over the Jordan and they're now comfortably settled in their spot. And the land is being divided. But the deal was, they were supposed to go and conquer their land in their area. Bring that into our lives. It's up to you to allow the Lord to conquer the strongholds in the areas of your life. It's up for you to allow the Lord to take care of those things and to conquer those things. Because why? Because you're overcomers in Christ Jesus. Christ has overcome the world, and we're in Christ. In Him we are overcomers. So it's up to us to conquer those troubling things that bought us. How do we conquer them? How do we conquer them? We give them to him. <laughs> it's, we give them to him. Now that sounds so trite and simple, but don't dare think it's simple. Don't dare think it's simple. I remember one time I was in a, uh, I was in a, in a, in a conference and, and, and Pastor Chuck was speaking. And he was talking about this very thing. How we have these strongholds in our lives and how we, we give them to the Lord. And the Lord takes care of them for them if we allow him to do. And then somebody said, I have a question, Pastor Chuck. He says, what? He said, how come every time I give something to the Lord, I end up taking it back? He said, well, that's our flesh. He said, well, how many times do I have to give it to the Lord? He says, I don't know. Just keep giving it back to him. Just keep it and giving it to him and getting rid of it. Give it back. We take it to the foot of the cross and we're supposed to leave it there. We're supposed to leave it there, but so often too many of us go back and seek back at night and pick it back up and take it for our own. We wonder why we can't get rid of it. We have to give it completely to the Lord. Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord. You realize what wholeheartedly means? It means with everything he had, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. What did I could be able to say that about myself? That I wholeheartedly followed the Lord. That I never wavered. My faith was always strong. But unfortunately, that's not the case. What we see in Caleb is he, he, was, he was a man who, who did great things. He drove out the children of, of Anak. But then he says, okay, who wants to get involved and have some blessings? 
Who wants to have some blessings of the Lord? I love that. And that's a pastor's job. A pastor gives the word of God, and then he says, okay, who wants to get involved? Who wants to receive a blessing? You know, we look at these ministry opportunities, and the first thing we think of is work. Oh, the first thing you should be thinking of is blessing. It's a blessing when we serve the Lord. So he offered his daughter to the marriage of any guy that is bold enough to conquer the city. So he gives this incentive of his daughter. And this, this guy, actually his nephew, Othaniel. And he becomes very, very important as we, when we get to the book of Judges, we'll see that he takes, basically takes over after Caleb. He takes over after Joshua. He takes over and leads Israel for a while. And then his daughter. Look what his daughter learned. Look what his daughter learned from watching her father. Look what her, his daughter learned. He saw her dad walk up to Joshua and say, Hey, I want my blessing. I want what the Lord had promised me. So the daughter boldly walks up to her father and says, Hey, I want these springs. I want this fresh water. And he, he gives it to her. Her daughter imitates her father's boldness, which is great. How many times do we read in the scriptures, do we read in the epistles where Paul and John are saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Be imitators of me as I follow Christ. Now, some people might think that, well, that's awful self-centered. What do you mean? I don't want to imitate you. I want to imitate Christ. Yes, but they're following Christ. So they want you to see their example of following Christ and Christ alone because they're always pointing to Christ. This is what Caleb did. Caleb always was pointing to the Lord because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And he was a thorough believer. He followed the Lord wholly. And it's interesting that seven times it says that he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Seven times in Scripture it talks about that. And we see how Caleb is this great man of faith. This one-time word in Hebrew was often rendered as fully. So he fully followed the Lord. He wholeheartedly followed the Lord. It's interesting. And in one section, the word is consecrate. So consecrate basically means what? Setting yourself apart. So not only did he wholeheartedly follow the Lord, but he set himself aside, set himself apart for the Lord. He set himself aside for the Lord. Well, victorious Christian, this is what we're to do. We're to do this. We are to follow wholly after the Lord, fully after the Lord, wholeheartedly, and we're to set ourselves aside for Him, which means cutting ourselves away from the world. Not living the way of the world, not watching the way the world works, the way the world purposes and want that in our lives. We should be wholeheartedly following the Lord. He was fulfilled by the Lord. He was consecrated by the Lord. And what does that mean? What does consecration mean when I wholeheartedly follow the Lord, when I step aside? It means I have to give up something. I got to give up me. I got to give up my will. The victorious Christian gives his will wholeheartedly to the Lord. I got to give up me. That's hard to do because I kind of like me sometimes. Not all the time, but most of the time I kind of like who I am. But I got to give it to the Lord. I want to be the person, the man, the pastor, the husband, the father that the Lord wants me to be. Because in my mind, I have a way things could go, but that usually leads to death and some horrible problem. 
I need to follow the Lord wholeheartedly with everything I am. And see, there's a contrast here. You should stand out. The victorious Christians should stand out. They should be able to see those who are wholly following the Lord and those who aren't. We should stand out. We should stand out from the world. Joshua and Caleb stood out from the people who didn't want to follow the Lord, for the people who were afraid because of the giants and the strongholds that were in their lives. They stood out. And you know what they got for standing out? Can anybody tell me what they got for standing out? The people wanted to stone them. They were persecuted. They were persecuted because they stood out and they wanted to wholly follow the Lord. God God commends us to do these things. He delights in us when we do these things. He delights whenever we can. He delights when we show a love of compassion. God delights in that. And you can read all through the scriptures. My, My most favorite one is the little old lady, the widow, who walked up and wanted to give. She wanted to give to the Lord. And they're all standing there, all the guys in all their flowing robes and stuff like that, and they're going, wait, wait, wait. Putting it in, she walks up two mites. Two mites. She drops it in. The Lord commended her for that. She's mentioned in the Gospels. She's mentioned the Lord commended her faith for that. Because she gave everything she had. She gave it all to God. He commended her for that. How about the Samaritan? And the, the good Samaritan, he was commended by God because he helped the person, helped one of his enemies. It goes on and on and on. You can read all through these things, how they wholeheartedly did these things, how they wholeheartedly did this thing. It was a, it was a possession of faithfulness. I love it. I love it. But don't be afraid of persecution. Don't be afraid because persecution will come. Persecution will happen. Persecution will happen to those who wholeheartedly follow the Lord. Joshua was a courageous witness. He didn't listen to the popular voice. He didn't go along with the crowd. He didn't run home and say, Mom, everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? Joshua stood out. He was separated. He was an encourager. He was an encourager. Come on, we can do it. And then he encouraged his his nephew. Yeah, go get him. You take that city. He was confident that he could overcome. And like I said, he was persecuted. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. How many of you have that on your refrigerator? Not many people claim in that verse. But that's what it says. All who suffer to live godly for Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Caleb was an overcomer. If you look at it, he overcame his name of dog. He overcame his name of dog and was greatly revered by the Lord. He overcame. In the remaining verses, verses 20 through 63 actually, you see all the names of the cities. They're all there. Every single name of the city is there. 
This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families, the cities at the limits of their tribe of the children of Judah toward the border of Edom in the south. And Kazael, Elder, goes on and on and on. It talks to all the cities. So you see, these cities were already established. And they had to go in there and they had to take them. They had to take them apart. And they had to glean from them what was theirs. Look at verse 63. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. The inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children, they couldn't drive them out. Jerusalem was a well-fortified city. It was in the hills and stuff. It was a perfect city. But I did a study, and I have another handout for you. You can get at the at the end of the study of how many times Jerusalem has changed names under so many people. I have four pages here for you. It tells you all the times that Jerusalem. Jerusalem was one of the most fought cities and sought after cities in the history of the world. Why? Because it's going to be God's centerpiece. It's going to be the centerpiece of God in Revelation. The new Jerusalem is going to be the headquarters for the Messiah when Christ returns. Satan knows that and he's been trying to destroy it for years and years. We need to remember. One thing we can learn from Joshua, one thing we can learn from Caleb is that no matter how hard we struggle, and sometimes we struggle with God's promise, We even struggle with God's help. But with his help, we can be triumphant. With his help, we can be overcomers. Can't do it on your own. I know some of you out there have tried it. I know I've tried to do it on my own. Got the bruises and the scars to prove it. We can't do it without Christ. We cannot do it. It wasn't until David... Conquered Jerusalem. You can read about that in 2 Samuel 5. David conquered Jerusalem and brought it into the kingdom. I'm going to leave you with this thought. Have you entered fully into the promised land? Have you entered fully into your lot? Have you taken everything that's yours through Christ Jesus? Or are there still some strongholds bothering you? There's still some strongholds in your life that are bogging you down and and keeping you from having everything that the Lord would want for you. The Lord has given you those strongholds. You need to claim victory over them in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to come against them in his name and fight against them to be victorious. God wants you to be victorious today. And if anything we've learned from Joshua who at 84 or 85 took on the highest mountain in the land, took on the toughest opponents in the land, and was victorious because he wholly followed the Lord. If we can learn anything from him, age doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter with the Lord. We can be victorious. And we can live a victorious Christian life that Christ died for us to have. We can be victorious in Him. Amen? God tells us in Joshua 1.9 to be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
What encouragement that is. God is with us wherever we go, just as He was with His people, the Israelites, on their journey into the Promised Land. Do you know the love and strength the Lord can give you? If you haven't yet discovered the power of a personal relationship with Jesus, we'd like to tell you more. Please give us a call at 609-884-5821, and we'll be happy to introduce you to the one who will change your life forever. You can also send us an email at info at capewatchradio.com. That's info at capewatchradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to get involved in a church community to help fuel your passion for Jesus and support you on this journey. If you are in the Cape May, New Jersey area, why not come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May? We'd love to have you join us for our time of fellowship, worship, and Bible study with Pastor Dave. We gather together every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You'll find our address and driving directions by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com or by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in to Cape Watch Radio. Pastor Dave will continue walking verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Joshua. When you join us next time, may God bless you today and always.